confidence in you, Captain. I wish I did. But if anyone ever asks you, I'm the apostle of a plum. Picard felt a measure of relief. At least Crusher seemed to be regarding the situation with a degree of gallows humor. What position will Beverly... Is it still Crusher? No, she went back to Howard after we split up. All right. What position will Dr. Howard be assuming on our fair vessel? Crusher smiled ruefully. Chief medical officer, of course. Nothing but the best for my ex. Picard was not successful in dissembling his lack of enthusiasm for that piece of news. Jack, I don't know if that's such a good idea. The chief medical officer and a starship captain, they have a special relationship on a vessel. When you and Beverly split, it was not on the happiest of terms. You're telling me? I was there, John Luke, remember? We were both there, Jack. But why would she accept the assignment knowing that you're here? Are you kidding, Jean-Luc? This is the enterprise, the prestige, and the history that's attached to that name? What reasonable officer would pass that up? And the simple fact that Beverly Howard is the best person for the job? I'll be damned if I let my personal history stand in the way of this crew's best interests. Crusher rose from the chair and started for the door. If I might make an offer, Captain. Yes, Jean-Luc? I would be perfectly happy to run interference, for lack of a better way to put it. I'll handle most of the interfacing between commander and medical if you should choose to delegate this responsibility to me. All right, number one. I I don't want to be perceived as hiding in my ready room, of course. But for simple day-to-day interaction, she's all yours. up a narrow window that was the sole source of exterior light in his small cramped office. The sun was starting to set on Rhombus 3, and it would be night within several hours. The Romulan looked up from the latest set of test results as one of his aides entered, a rod-thin Cardassian named Turo. As different as Romulans and Cardassians were, Turo did at least share one thing with Selene. A fascination with pain. Not their own, of course. That would be inappropriate. No, what intrigued them was the pain of others. Selene looked at his computer screen and tapped it. I think it's time to turn our attention back to good old number eight. His endurance is remarkable, wouldn't you say? Turo regarded Selene with curiosity. What is it about humans that you find so intriguing, anyway? Selene leaned forward, stroking his lower lip thoughtfully. In terms of sheer physical makeup, Terrans are a rather pathetic lot. Soft epidermis, bones that break under minimal pressure, average physical strength substantially less than Romulan norm. But I find them to be driven by an almost indomitable will. A will that seems to transcend their many frailties. It might be a sort of evolutionary means of making up for everything they lack. Selene headed for the door, and Turo fell into step behind him. 
they exited an office and walked across the small compound. Number eight has been absolutely exceptional. I don't think he remembers who he is anymore. All has been stripped away from him. He's focused on one thing and one thing only, survival. Suddenly, Turo placed a hand against Selene's chest. But how far will he go to survive? Prisoner number eight dwelled in darkness. He was covered in his own filth. His hair and beard were long and matted, his fingernails ragged from his having bitten them off. Suddenly his nostrils twitched. An aroma was approaching his cell, an aroma that stirred primal memories. The smell of cooked meat. The cell door opened, and the smell that wafted through almost drove him.